Welcome back, everyone, to the Mid-South Television Review Show. I am your host, Mike Mills, where today we're going to be going through May the 8th of 1982 of Mid-South Wrestling. I'm sitting here thinking about this episode and thinking about what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let me welcome in the man behind the 605 Super Podcast in the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, the great Brian Last. Brian, we got some stuff to discuss today on the May 8th episode of Mid-South, but how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing okay. I'm glad you're thinking about what to talk about because clearly Ted DiBiase did not spend too much time thinking about what he was going to talk about in the early portion of the show. For a while, it seemed like this was going to be the worst episode of Mid-South Wrestling that we have reviewed here on the show, but things do pick up, but it is certainly a different pace here on this episode. It's always a different pace when you don't have Watts on commentary and when you don't have jr too not that not that Roop and dibiase are bad because they've done it even ernie lad's done uh some commentary uh, on at the desk with with uh boyd but it's just it's just different i, I don't want to call it bad but it's different it's a different flavor and again it comes down to the fact that watts knew exactly what the message he wanted to come across through everything in every minute of the episode whereas when you have a guest commentator it's it becomes a little difficult, especially when you're rotating people. So I don't know. I think this is maybe DiBiase's third or fourth time since we started doing this about six months ago. Can't quite remember, but uh, it was a little shaky at times. No, he's not good. He's really bad at this. And there are large gaps in the matches where there's no talking whatsoever, where clearly Boyd is waiting for DiBiase to say something. And DiBiase, I don't know, he's watching the match or he's thinking about what he's going to say, but he's not very good on commentary. But before we get going too far into that, we'll talk more about it as the show transpires, but let's listen to the open right now with Boyd Pierce and Ted DiBiase. Welcome to another week of Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and Grizzly Smith with another outstanding card. It'll be headlined with the Louisiana Heavyweight Championship on the line, the Junkyard Dog defending his coveted belt against the challenge of bruiser Bob Sweetan. Tag Team Action sees the Big Cat Ernie Ladd team up with Iron Mike Sharp, against 454-pound one-man gang and his partner, the Mask Assassin. So a lot of action coming up. We have with us, and we want to welcome to him at this time, the former North American heavyweight champion, a good friend of mine, and all you people on Mid-South Wrestling, Ted DiBiase. And Ted, I want to congratulate you on that non-title victory last week over Bob Roop. And I know that it was not only a psychological, but it was a physical and emotional victory, and I was pulling for you all the way. I just want to know, and the fans want to know, how's the leg holding up? Boy, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be back with Mid-South Wrestling. And the leg uh, physically is coming along fine, but along with the uh, physical improvement on the leg, psychological factor is that uh, when you've had an injury like that and when you've recovered from it psychologically, uh, you're not sure yourself. You're not sure that you want to test the leg. And the best way to test it is go ahead and get out there and get in the ring with somebody that's accomplished, somebody that is going to give you a hard time. And when you get into the heat of the battle, you have to forget about the injury and you just have to go full speed ahead. And last week, just like you said, it was a great victory for me because I proved to myself and everybody that the leg is healed and uh, the victory over Bob Roop was sure one that I treasured. I know you'll be going for the title again in a sanctified challenge title match. Right now, since you've been gone, the Skandarak Bar has continued as general of his army. He brought in another mercenary in the form of Hacksaw Duggan. Last week, he met Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. And let's just join the final moments of that match and see what happened. I think Boyd meant sanctioned, not sanctified. A sanctified title match? 
That's definitely what Boyd meant. Yeah. You know? Sanctioned, <laughs> yes. not sanctified. Yes. Hey, but it's a word flub. I do it often, actually, so I can I can understand. I think Boyd was just trying to recover from DiBiase right there because DiBiase. I mean, you made the point. He he kind of didn't know what he wanted to convey there related to his injury and then the the win last week. He's very bland. So even as he's talking, you're just kind of falling asleep as he's talking. But they go from there to a recap of last week's match, the debut of Hacksaw Duggan. Notice they don't call him Jim at all in uh, any of the early appearances, just Hacksaw Duggan. And uh, they go to the recap of him against Dick Murdoch. And from there, we go to Dick Murdoch against a man who's become popular here on this show, Larry Higgins. And Alfred Neely yeah. is the referee. And someone needs to get Larry Higgins out of those white trunks and put him in black or something flattering or, uh, you know, something less unflattering than those white trunks. But, you know, it's it's an interesting journey we've seen so far. It was the Mike Sharp match. You know, now he's in there with Murdoch, who is a masterful worker when he wants to be. And, you know, you can tell it's still a struggle trying to get him in the right position, get him to do the right things. But it does appear like Larry Higgins is trying to do things right. It's just he may not be fully aware of how to do it. I think he's trying. I think I think the message was sent to him loud and clear by Orndorff with the slap and the story we talked about. But he's still, I don't know, he just, he looks lost a little bit at times. I The main thing I was looking for again was at the finish when Murdoch dropped the elbow. I was watching to see if he was going to pop back up. And he they cut away from it pretty quickly at the end, but it looked like Murdoch stayed on him for a minute to make sure he would stay down after that big elbow drop where, that won the match for Murdoch. Uh, but Higgins, um, you know, there's not really much else to say. I think I think at this point, it's like it, the guy kind of feels it feels like he needs a little bit more seasoning in there before he knows what he's doing. But whatever, you know, it's he's an enhancement talent and Dick Murdoch got the win. So I guess it served its purpose. Yeah, I don't think he'll be popping up from anyone's finishes ever again. But uh, Dick Murdoch wins with an elbow drop, as you previously mentioned. And from there, we're going through this pretty quick. From there, we go to yeah. the North American champion, Bob Roop, in a non-title match against Buddy Landell. I feel like we've seen these two guys wrestle against each other multiple times now. Uh, just recently, it wasn't like a week or two back on the show these guys went against each other. But here they are once again with DiBiase on commentary and Jack Howe as the referee. Any notes about the match? The crowd is like just quiet. They are... I mean, the building is silent. Um, I thought Buddy got in some offense throughout, and I thought, you know, he Buddy looked good. Um, and it, it wasn't a like long match, but you, I feel like you know, Buddy's kind of not got steam behind him right now because that would be the wrong way to put it, especially given later on in Mid South what we see from Buddy. But I just thought Buddy got in some offense, and um, Roop, I thought Roop made him look good. What did you have? Same thing. I thought Root made him look good. It was somewhat slow at times because the crowd was so quiet. And again, there are points where DiBiase just doesn't talk. And then Boyd's not talking. So you have no talking and a quiet crowd. So it creates a really awkward moment on the show. But it's a good match. Buddy Landell's really good at this point in his career. Young. Uh, you know, for a youngster, he's really good, I should say. And of course, he has that relationship, that connection with Root from way back in Knoxville. And Root wins with a knee lift. But we have a little bit of audio here of DiBiase during the match with his thoughts on Bob Root. And I know that you're sitting here and your eyes are set back as you watch Root in any kind of action. Well, I guarantee you, boy, uh, it goes without saying. I think everybody knows how I feel about Bob Root. And uh, I'm just here to say that last week, last week what took place was a, a feather in my cap. It was a, a great win as far as I was concerned for myself, but it was only the beginning as far as I'm concerned. Not only do I want the North American title back, but I want a little bit 
of revenge on Bob Roop for what he did to me. There's been a lot of people hurt, a lot of people been injured, and I don't think there's any place in professional wrestling, not in my sport, for men like this that'll go ahead and try to win victories, win titles, and take the money and try to injure you and put you out of your career. Well, there it is. Mr. Excitement, Ted DiBiase on commentary. Uh, I mentioned the finish already. At the very end, before they cut to commercial break, Bob Roop from the ring points to Ted DiBiase at the announce table, but then they go to break. But uh, that's it. I have no other notes about this match. I'm ready to move on to the next match, Mike. And the next one is the Mississippi State champion, Mr. Olympia, versus Kelly Wayne. Now, this is Ken Wayne. He's called Ken Wayne on commentary the whole time by Boyd Pierce. But the graphic says Kelly Wayne. Reeser Bowden introduces him as Kelly Wayne. And I don't know why that he has two different names on this show for two weeks in a row now. And, you know, it's hard watching a match when you know someone's a dirtbag. And, you know, Ken Wayne is obviously right now, I believe, in jail for child pornography. So, what? clearly, yeah. white trash. But it is a pretty good match. He does say, take some pretty good bumps. There are a couple fun spots where Olympia goes to punch or goes to move in on Wayne. And Wayne gets scared and backs off. They do it a couple times. The fans react. The fans are into some of the things in this match. And eventually, Mr. Olympia wins with a sleeper, and the sleeper gets a big pop from the crowd. Yeah, I, same notes you had, pretty much. The big press slam from Olympia got a nice reaction from the crowd. I mean, they were, they definitely were into that. So, I, um, nothing else really, other than what you said. Two big elbow drops at the end, and Olympia puts Wayne in the sleeper for the win. Uh, have we... I don't know if we've really seen – well, I don't want to say that. It's six months. I just don't remember. I was about to say I don't know if we've seen uh, seen someone win with a sleeper, but that wouldn't be true. I'm not sure. You know, um, nothing is coming to my mind right now, but possibly. But I have to say, though, we've gone through now a good portion of this show, and by this point in time, I felt like nothing was happening on this show. It just felt like between DiBiase's commentary, the crowd being somewhat subdued at times, I was like, ooh, this is a different pace of a – Mid-South show, but things do pick up a little bit from here on out, and our next match is a good example of that. The one-man gang with Skandar Akbar and The Assassin versus Ernie Ladd and Iron Mike Sharp with, uh, once again, Ted DiBiase on commentary. Jack Howe is the referee. I guess before we talk about the finish, Mike, we should just play some of the audio of what happens with DiBiase at the announce table and uh, action in the ring. Let's listen to this right now. Referee trying to restore a little order. Assassin putting Mike Sharp in that Boston cab. That's a very painful hole. One man gang coming in right, right there, boy. Now I can't stand to see that. The man deliberately trying to hurt him. I can't stand to see that. That's what I mean, boy. I can't stand to see this go on. Deliberately trying to injure the man. Not trying to just beat him, but trying to deliberately injure him. Ernie Ladd in there taking a fight again. He's got a bolt. What? I can't stand it, Boyd. I can't. He's trying to turn him over. I can't. I'm not going to stand by Hit him. Hit him. And he's gone from that table, Ted DiBiase. Up in the speed of light, he couldn't handle it. Charlie Lave, and ladies and gentlemen, he done it, he had to do it, and we'll be back. 
disqualification was called, as you see our referee Jack Howe coming over and giving the official. What is it, Jack? Disqualification of Land and Sharp, the interference of Ted DiBiase. We'll be back after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. Okay, a few notes here, Mike. The one-man gang takes a bump to the floor right onto his ass. And he's yeah. taking a few bumps, but this one looked brutal. But he, you know, he got back up. He obviously didn't get hurt or critically injured, but it looked really bad. I know he was young back then, but <laughs> landing on your ass and your tailbone, no matter how much padding you have because you're a big man, never feels good. I was always, it still amazes me to this day that Bobby Eaton used to do that like it was nothing. I mean, I guess he had just a way of landing. And I know his wasn't onto the floor. My point is still, coming off the top rope that with that fucking drop he used to do and he's landing on his ass was just amazing to me. But Gang takes a that splash, not splash, but fall to the floor. Bam! He hits that concrete. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff. I mean, this was some good stuff here. Um, Boyd Pierce, Teddy! Teddy! You know, he, he lost it when um when Ted, he's trying to restrain him. Well, I mean, not physically restrain him, but trying to, like, I guess, talk to him and verbally restrain him from entering the ring. And he's like, Teddy! Teddy, no! I can't do boy there, but I thought that was good. And uh, you heard it. DiBiase got involved. Something you can't hear through the audio as we're talking about this, and you're talking about gang taking a bump and everything else going on, is at the end of it, um, um, Lad and DiBiase, they're like looking opposite directions and they back up into each other and they kind of square up to make it look like, wait, you know, we've kind of had our differences here. Um, and they stare at each other a little bit. I thought that was kind of like nice little touch there because even though DiBiase shouldn't have got involved, I mean, he's clearly had, you know, he, he, there's never been a love lost there between him and Lad or whatever, but just a little just some just a little touch there that all right he came in there to help him out because of the injustice that was going on there but uh i i thought that i just thought that was something cool to see well dibiase did bring up on commentary the fact that he does not personally like ernie ladd but they do have right. a little bit of a connection because of the one-man gang the one-man gang injured dibiase the one-man gang went after ernie ladd so they do have that and that spot you talked about where they back into each other and then turn around and kind of square off and just stare at each other DiBiase went for it earlier, like, you know, a few seconds earlier, not a few seconds, maybe 10 seconds earlier, and Ladd wasn't ready for it. I don't know if DiBiase went too early or if Ladd wasn't prepared, but he actually, the time you're talking about is the second time that DiBiase does it, and that's one of those little things that, it's a mistake, usually you don't see things like that on Mid-South, but I think DiBiase went for it too early because Ladd was still running off Akbar and the assassin and the one-man gang from the ring. He was like yelling at them from the ring as they were running away, and DiBiase went for it the first time. I think he jumped the gun on that. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's another one of those things, too, where I just think of my personal opinion where, you know, today where everything is laid out move by move, step by step, you know, that's just one of those things where they talked about it and they, they knew they were going to do it. It's just that maybe he backed up into him a little too soon while Lab was still trying to dispose of the heels. So they eventually, I didn't even catch that. That's a good catch. Um, so they went back to it after that, though. So we know what we've seen in the last several weeks, Mike. If you leave the announce table to jump in the ring, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get fined, and you're also going to get in trouble. So yep. what was the fine? Was it 2500 2500 So DiBiase leaves. Obviously, he's going to be in trouble, and he can't come back. So who else to slide in but Bob Roop, who at this point, I guess because he showered, because he wrestled, he looks like a greaser. You know, he's got his hair slicked back and everything. And... 
<laughs> he sits in there. He's the North American champion. He's the lead heel, I think you could say at this point, other than Akbar and his troop. It's really Bob Roop. And Boyd Pierce is just not having it. So let's go to this audio this right so, now. Oh, this is so awesome. Go ahead. Boyd Pierce, you know, since you obviously lost the commentator, Ted DiBiase disqualified himself from being a commentator, actually probably from being a wrestler. I think it'd be suitable that the North American champion would be out here to com- commentate on a few matches. You know I never run in anybody's matches, so I can sit out here, make some appropriate comments, and, and, and comment on the matches without having to worry about interfering like... You know, I'm sure one of Charlie Lay, the new president, I'm sure one of his first moves is going to be, in fact, I'm going to call him right after this program and recommend that he find Ted DiBiase at least 2500 like Dusty Rhodes. Remember Dusty Rhodes? 2500 In this case, it probably should be 5000 And Boyd, since you were right here and you saw it all, I expect you to corroborate it. When Charlie Lay calls you, I expect you to say, yes, Mr. Lay, I saw him do it. Just like Bob Roop says, he should be fined, perhaps suspended, whatever. I won't collaborate to you. I'm going to tell you something right now. You brought yourself out here. I'm the host of this program. I did not invite you. Ted DiBiase done what he had to do in his heart, and I'm not seconding anything, whatever you say to Charlie Lay. And if you want to stay out here, you brought yourself here, you'll direct your comments to this match, and you'll not use it as a sounding board to promote yourself as North American Heavyweight Champion. We're going to the ring for the introduction of this match. If you want to stay under those stipulations. I, I would never do that, mister. I would never do that, boy. I'd never do that. I'll just comment on the match. Boyd is staring right through him. <laughs> As Rupert's talking, you've never seen angry boy. He's just staring at him like, you piece of crap. And then he just gives it to him. And Rupert's like, okay, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, pretty funny there. It, it, was, it was very comical. I mean, Boyd, you know, he's, he's always assertive. Especially when he starts that, when, you know, guys want to match and they want to, they want to, I want a shot at this guy. I want a shot at that guy. And what's boys line always. It's always, you got to talk to matchmaker Grizzly Smith. I'm just a commentator out here. He always says that, right? This is the first time he's outright. Like, let me tell you something. You're going to sit there and you're going to only direct your comments towards this match. (laughs) You're not going to use this to get yourself over and talk about yourself. I mean, that's, I mean, he was like, he was as aggressive. Like I said, he's usually assertive. I'd say he was pretty pretty aggressive right there. I mean, he puffed his chest out and was like, let me tell you something, pal. So I, I, I got a kick out of this. It's one of those little things about Mid-South Wrestling I love in that the commentators, it's not that they have power, but they're not weak. The wrestlers can't come out there and intimidate them. They can't come out there and talk down to them. The announcers are strong, and it's one of the things Watts won because it's important to have the host of your show have some credibility. And, you know, he's talked about that multiple times. Jim Cornette recently talked about it, actually, on one of the shows where when he first came in, he did a promo where he was just firing up on Jim Ross. And then Watts said, all right, do it again. Because unless you're fighting Jim Ross in the main event, that promo's worthless. And I've heard other examples like that. So Boyd really <laughs> Boyd really gives it to him uh, in a way that I'm sure Reeser Bowden would never, ever behave. But uh, our next match here, Mike, is the Louisiana State champion, the Junkyard Dog, who decides to wear his belt backwards for this match, versus... Bruiser Bob Sweetan, another uh, lowlife, I hate to say it like that, but a man who was deported for, I believe, molesting his daughter. He was deported to Canada. So uh, here he is in this match, Alfred Neely, the referee, and we have a little bit of audio. Boyd is not done with Bob Roop. So (laughs) let's hear a little bit of this at the start of the match. This is a Louisiana Heavyweight Championship match sanctioned by Mid-South, the Junkyard Dog, holding the title belt, signifying that he's the champion against the challenger, Bruiser Bob Sweetan. 
Now, Bob Roof has slowed down a little bit, kind of settled down. I hadn't settled down because I'm right with Ted DiBiase. Y'all taunting and baiting has got to stop. A man can only take so much. Well, these are a couple a couple superstars out here. Bruiser Bob, Sweet Tans, known all over the country. Junkyard Dog is the number one superstar in the country today. I mean, these are men in my class. North American heavyweight title class. A couple of giants in the wrestling profession. I would never come out here to promote myself, boy. Never. Ted DiBiase should be fine. Bob Sweet Tan goes for a hip toss. He, he wasn't letting go to the whole I won't promote myself thing, was he? <laughs> No, he, he certainly wasn't. And uh, again, Boyd is still fired up and tells Roop uh, that their taunting and baiting needs to stop. But uh, Roop, for to a point there, you know, he he didn't he didn't he didn't fire back at Reeser. He he seems still to be polite there and not trying to get himself over as he talked about uh two guys who are in a class uh in his class for the North American title. But I, I liked uh, going back to Boyd's line about the taunting and invading. It needed to stop. Boyd still got his chest pu- chest puffed out. I I want to say, and he's not um he's not having it, man. He's he's not he is not for Roop's shenanigans on commentary. And I think if you watch Mid-South Wrestling, it really makes the argument, the main argument to why modern wrestling commentary is awful. For many reasons, but specifically, wrestlers shouldn't be out there talking down to the commentators and intimidating the commentators, because when the commentator has strength, it gives the whole show credibility. And we see that here. JYD Mike is in phenomenal shape here. And at one point, Sweet Tan has him down in a choke. JYD's on his back and he bridges up, which I've never seen the dog do before. He, man, I, I say it, we've said this numerous times as we've done this this first six months, but he's in great shape and he, he just, he just looks really, really good. And I think, you know, I didn't notice, realize this as a kid, but as I've rewatched this a lot of times in this time period, dog was not the you, you, I think you'll hear people say, oh, he wasn't always the greatest warrior. He wasn't the great worker. He wasn't a great worker. He just had charisma. Man, I don't know, man. I, I, I rewatch like Dog from this era, and JYD was – he was fine as a worker. I'm not saying he was steamboat. Don't get me wrong. You know, he, he ain't doing that, but – I thought he was good as as just if you want to use the term worker. I thought he was good. I thought I think he or I, I want to say he's better than I think people remember or give him credit for, especially during this time. Too many people remember him when he gained the weight, and especially much much later in his career. By 1990, it was the first Ric Flair match that people complained about openly was JYD yeah. versus Ric Flair. But here he is good. You know, it's it's hard to to quantify really good versus good versus whatever. But right in, in a tag team match. You can hide his weaknesses, and he's really strong. In a singles match, you don't want him to go 20 minutes or 30 minutes, obviously, but if it's an eight-minute match and, you know, half of that match is the heel getting heat on him or if a little bit longer and, the you know, a good portion of the match is the heel getting heat on him, I think he works just fine. And he works, obviously, most importantly, he works just fine for this territory because he was on fire. The fans loved him. So it wasn't like, oh, he can't wrestle. You didn't hear that. He, I, exactly, but uh, he he was fine here. I mean, I, to reiterate your point, he was fine here. Let's now go to the finish of the match. Uh, and by the way, the Junkyard Dog wins with a power slam off the rope. JYD just power slams him off the rope. It looks really cool. But here's Bob Roop and Boyd calling the finish. Now the Junkyard Dog is obviously breaking the rules here. He should let the man back in the ring like I would. Hey, he hit him. At, uh, 
Hey, that looked like karate, but that's uh, it's illegal karate. It wasn't illegal. Uh, Sweet Tan's going for a perfect... Junkyard Dog Power Slam! I don't believe that. Off of the ropes are giving that added leverage. I don't believe that. One, two, three, and still, Louisiana heavyweight title holder, the Junkyard Dog, by gaining a victory over bruiser Bob Sweetan. That man deserves to be champion. He's in my class. More action coming up after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. Okay, a couple of things there. First of all, here's Roop, the lead heel on commentary. We know what a sneaky bastard he has been on these shows. But even he has to put over the dog. That man is in my league. That was impressive. Like, he's impressed by what the dog just did. Gives him a little bit of credibility there. I like that. I also also think um, it, it gives him credibility and also... I don't know if this was Roop's intent, but to me, I took him as being also sarcastic right there. As he knows, Reese, uh, not Reese, or boy just told him, you know, you got to call this thing straight. Don't be sitting here trying to put yourself over. I feel like Roop's almost being sarcastic and like snarky a little bit, but there's no way to really tell if that's his intent. So you could take it that way or you could take it the way you just said as well. That, that, that's just my take on it, too. Another interesting thing, when Sweet Tan jabs, I think he jabs the dog in the throat. It's hard to see exactly because of the uh, way they're positioned in the ring while they're being filmed there. But Alfred Neely takes a bump, and he does like a 360 in midair before he lands on the ground. Then, of course, he recovers the count to pin, but got to give him credit for that. We've given him credit for all the spots that he watched, you know, where there's cheating, and he called the pin anyway. So let's give him credit when he takes a good bump here. Uh, And from here, boy, this show goes downhill. The uh-huh. next match, I don't know how this match got on the air. Rick Ferrara versus Ron Cheatham in a remainder of time match with Jack Howe as the referee. And uh, Rick Ferrara ends up winning with a small package. We'll get that out of the way right now. But here's Boyd yeah. Pierce on exactly why this match is on right now. And, and actually, more specifically, why the title match was on in the middle of the program. Interesting stuff here. Bob is a junkyard dog gained a victory over Bruiser Bob Sweetan in that title match, which was one fall or no time limit, TV time remaining. That means all the rest of the matches become standby matches. Well, Mid-South, Mid-South, even their standby matches are usually better than some of the main events on other other television uh, programs that I sometimes watch, uh, you know, just to sort of uh, <laughs> compare the uh, opposition. All the top talents in this area, everybody knows that. Nice arm drag by Cheatham. Well, there's no sense in having a title match for him just going to have a five or ten minute time limit. So that's the reason to have it earlier in the card with no one fall or TV time remaining, which gives it plenty of time for, a, for it to be actual title match. No one can come back and say, well, I just had five minutes or ten minutes in a sanctioned title well, match. Well, that's true. These people, the champions for Mid-South, they never make excuses or any kind of phony excuses about losing or, or anything. And... Uh, uh, yeah, the junkyard dog had plenty of time, and, and uh, Bob Sweetan had plenty of time, and uh, uh, they were like me. They were both great. They were both very, very good. Uh, uh, Ted DiBiase should be fined at least uh, twenty-five hundred dollars, if not suspended. And uh, uh, Charlie Lay now again. Uh, across the eyes now by Ron Cheatham, as I asked you before and requested that you stick to the action inside the ring, not his sounding board for. You personally, what should be done to Ted DiBiase, please? Well, you're right, but you know now. And this now, this this match is getting a little bit some punches and some kicks. You don't see me running in like Ted DiBiase. I'm not going to be fined $2,500. Anyway, I'll just comment on the match. Uh, Cheatham goes for a slam. He got him up easy. Ricky Ferreira come down on the base of his spine. 
Ricky, Ricky Ferrer caught him in a small package. Ferreira caught him, and it resulted in a victory for Rick Ferreira. And Bob Root, before you say anything else, you came on the scene hurriedly, and you was not invited. You are not my guest commentator. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave, and I'm going to leave with you and go to the dressing room and try to get Ted DiBiase to come back to where he should have been in the first place. Thank you so much for your expert He's going to be fine. We'll Ted DiBiase never run in my match. Never run into my match. You got to love Boyd Pierce kicking Bob Roop out. <laughs> Kick say, get out of here. I'm going to go get Ted DiBiase. I'm going to escort you back to the locker room, and I'm going to find Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, I I thought Boyd was good right there. Makes a point why the title match was in the middle of the show and the, and and whatnot. You know, he says there's no sense in having a title match with just five to ten time. You know, five with uh, with just five to time, five to ten minutes left in the show. You know, so uh, you want the guys to have enough time to actually wrestle the match where there's no expiration because the show ends. So when you have it in the middle where there's plenty of time for the match, that's a positive. Uh, and again, uh, Boyd also tells Root to stop promoting himself before he kicked them out and, and sent them on his merry way. Boyd does find Ted DiBiase in the back and he brings him back out to the commentating table, commentating stand, I was about to say, but he brings him back out to the table and here's what DiBiase has to say. We promised we'd try to get Ted DiBiase, Ted. We promised the fans what happened to you where it came emotional. This is an emotional sport. Tell us about it. Boyd, I know I did wrong. I know I broke one of the cardinal rules of Mid-South Wrestling by interfering in that match. But I spent six weeks with an injury recovering from the same people trying to cripple me. I just It hit too close to home. I could not sit by and watch them cripple somebody else. If Mid-South sees fit to uh, stick the fine on me, I'm not a wealthy man. I'm not taking it lightly, but I'll pay the fine. I apologize to you. I apologize to the fans in the Mid-South for breaking the rule, but I am not going to apologize for my actions. From now on, I want it to be known that I'm going to have, if i got to do like Dick Murdoch and use an entrenching tool or walk tall and carry a stick, I am going to be the aggressor. I'm not going to sit by anymore and get hurt and watch other people get hurt. Thank you, Ted. I'm just the host. I don't judge people. That'll be up to Charlie Lay and the board of directors from Mid-South right now. There's action in the ring. Let's go for the introduction. All right. Well, there's DiBiase uh, explaining why he did what he did, and uh, then he left. Yeah, I think he was pretty clear there. I mean, he discussed why he interfered. His explanation made sense to me. I don't really know what else you can say about it. I mean, that was that. He said he was tired of seeing what was going on, and, uh, you know, and I, I do like Boyd. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> yeah, he'll only judge Bob Root. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, well, well, from here, we get our final match on this program. It is the Grappler and Hacksaw Duggan versus Jesse Barr and Coco Samoa. The bleachers have completely emptied out. The first row is there, Hank and all the old women and some of the teenagers. But the bleachers are empty. Time runs out. There's no finish. Mike... Why didn't they put this match in the Rick Ferrara, Ron Cheatham spot where they give them several minutes and they rush through this tag team match with no finish? Yeah, I guess they could have did that because that would have stopped. And th what they could have done was where Cheatham and Ferrara are, you have Grappler, Duggan, Samoa, and um, Jesse Barr. And then they just finish off the, the show and go to a time limit, you know, or, or remaining time draw, whatever. Um, they could have done that. I don't know. And then they could have, or they could have, I'm sorry. They could have put the grappler and Duggan, Samoa and Barr in the Cheatham and Ferrara spot, and then they would have went off air with DiBiase and, and Boyd. But I'm not really sure. Like you said, the bleachers are half full. Um, Boyd reminds us next week we hope to have a decision on 
DiBiase interfering in the match earlier, and he tells us Orndorff will be here, the Samoans will be here too. Uh, other than that, I mean, the, the, literally the note I have is that the bleachers are half full at best, and that's it. Nothing real. I mean, you got the grappler and June Duggan in there, but I don't know if, if you really can say there was much of a match here. Well, there it is. Another episode of Mid-South Wrestling in the books and another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast in the books. Next week, Bill Watts returns on commentary. We should all celebrate that as well as the return of precious Paul Ellering. He's been gone for months. Everyone's been wondering, where is he? Actually, no one's been wondering that, but we'll find out next week on the show. And as we wrap things up, I want to remind you, you can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast. All episodes from the very beginning to now are available at 605pod.com. For those of you who say, hey, I can only get the most recent ones on iTunes, go to 605pod.com and you have access to all of them. You can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the 605 Super Podcast on Twitter at 605pod. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? You can stay in touch with me by going to Twitter at Mike504Saints or uh, check out the show, tinyurl.com slash bttpod or just search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we have a lot of fun, Doc and Hardbody Harper and myself. The show is very unprofessional, not really politically correct, lots of strong language, but we cover classic wrestling and we have a good time doing it. Uh, one show on Thursday discusses the NWA Saturday night shows from the mid-80s. The other... We take a week-by-week look through Smoky Mountain Wrestling from the 90s and Jim Cornette's promotion. But it's a fun time. Again, just search Book in the Territory wherever you get your podcast from and come along for our fun ride twice per week. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Book it. Mm-hmm.